Hey, Scott Walker here. Just days before the November 3rd election, and uh, thank you all for joining us in our podcast, You Can't Recall Courage. Simple question for this week. Who do you want in charge of the economy? I mean, think about that. You know, we all know there's going to be a vaccine for the coronavirus. The The question in dispute is not whether there's going to be a vaccine. It's it's debatable as to whether it comes out in the next few weeks, by the end of the year, or sometime early next year, maybe by the second quarter at the latest, uh, by mid-year 2021. But, but any way uh, you talk about it with the experts, it's not a question of if there will be a vaccine, it's when. How, how is that going to happen? And so when you put it in that context, you realize that if it happens early enough next year, it really doesn't matter who the president of the United States is. It doesn't matter because of the vaccine out. It'll help people all around the world, not just here in the United States. And so with that in mind, the global pandemic will be largely a non-issue by the time the next term for president begins, or at least early into that. And that's why the real question is who has the better plan and the better record to get America working again? When it comes down to this criteria, it's clear. If you apply this criteria to that question uh, for, for who you're going to vote for, Donald Trump wins in a landslide. No matter what you think about his tweets or some of his language, the bottom line is he's got a better plan and a better established track record of dealing with the economy. The great America comeback is real under this president. The American economy, we just saw this last week, is growing at the fastest pace ever recorded in this third quarter. If you look at annualized measurement, over 33%, that's according to the the statistics from the U.S. Commerce Department. Those are data points that come regardless of whether you've got a Republican or Democrat administration. The information there is the gold standard. It's consistent, and it showed the fastest pace and growth in the economy we've ever had. Now, as usual, we've got, um, you know, we've we had going into this, uh, it's certainly much higher growth than the economists predicted. And as usual, uh, the media is seeking so many different ways to undermine it. Bottom line, President Trump knows how to get people back to work. Now, we sometimes forget because it seems so long ago, but before the global pandemic, America had recorded the lowest, the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years almost the lowest since I've been alive. And unemployment rates for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, people with disabilities, and even veterans, in each of those categories were the lowest ever recorded by category. You add to that the fact that women's share of the payroll employment actually surpassed that of men. So all sorts of amazing factors out there. I was with President Trump before the pandemic, before the global pandemic hit, Real household median income in the United States hit the highest level ever recorded at $65,000. And the president's policies, well, they've increased real disposal income per household by almost $6,000. The Trump administration eliminated costly and unnecessary regulations on small businesses and other employers. These efforts, yeah, these efforts are projected to increase household income by over $3,000 per year. Additionally, if you add this up, the, the promotion of energy exploration and uh, production resources like shale energy, you know, we talk about fracking. Donald Trump's always been for it. Uh, you know, in the primary, video after video after video shows Joe Biden saying absolutely he would ban fracking. He'd phase this out of fossil fuels. Now with Pennsylvania, Ohio, Texas, other places being critical, suddenly he's backtracking from that. But Donald Trump hasn't. When you think about 
the promotion of energy exploration and production and, and, and production and resources, particularly like shale energy, which fracking's tied into, that's expected to save American families an average of $2,500 in gasoline cost alone. That's real money. That's real money. Of course, fracking is a good thing, too, because we're talking about overwhelmingly talking about natural gas as a, a cleaner burning alternatives out there. Prior to the global pandemic, nearly a half a million manufacturing jobs were created under this president. That's even even after Barack Obama said you need a magic wand to bring back manufacturing this company, country. Nearly half a million new manufacturing jobs. And wages, wages for blue-collar workers were actually growing faster than that of white-collar workers. Now, in contrast, think about this. Under President Barack Obama and his vice president, Joe Biden, our country had one of the weakest economic recoveries since the Great Depression. Nearly 200,000 manufacturing jobs were lost during their eight years in office, during the Obama-Biden years. And an analysis published by the Hoover Institution at Stanford University, well, that study finds that there there would be as many as 4.9 million fewer jobs under Joe Biden's plan over the next decade than under Donald Trump's plan. Jobs. That's what this election is all about. It's about the economy going forward. Because again, like I said, no matter who's elected president, we're going to have the solution uh, for this global pandemic. We're going to have a vaccine. Uh, again, whether it's that by the end of the year, sometime early next year, it's going to happen. And so the question is, who do you want in charge to get America working again? When we come back, I want to talk some more about some of the specific things that this president and his team have done uh, to help f- fuel the economic growth we've seen even before the pandemic and, and the increases we've seen since and how that starkly contrasts with that of Joe Biden. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott Walker here back on You Can't Recall Courage. One of the things I'm excited to start doing and will be geared up after the election is taking over as the leader of Young America's Foundation, YAF, which was started back in the 1960s by William F. Buckley. Ronald Reagan was one of the earliest leaders. It's got over 500 active chapters promoting really the ideals that Buckley and Reagan and years before that uh, Goldwater talked about, limited government, free enterprise, protection of individual liberties, strong national defense, traditional conservative values uh, that uh, that are timeless, uh, but in ways that connect and new ways of communicating that to young people. In addition to all these conferences and events and seminars and great speakers like Ben Shapiro and Michael Knowles and Art Laffer and so many others, um, one of the exciting things is they uh, over two decades ago, uh, bought from Mrs. Reagan the Reagan Ranch out in the mountains outside of Santa Barbara. Uh, a few years after that, they built a center called the Reagan Ranch Center, uh, just on the edge of downtown Santa Barbara near the near the waterfront. And uh, just a week ago, I was out there for a YAF day camp. Uh, a limited number under the Santa Barbara and California rules, but it was still nice to have some high school kids back out at the ranch and the Reagan Ranch and the Ranch Center. The reason I say all this is we're getting ready next August. August 13th, 2021 will be the 40th anniversary of Ronald Reagan signing the Economic Recovery Tax Act of 1981. He signed it at the ranch. I just love it. We've still got the table. Um, it, it's just phenomenal when you think about how high under Jimmy Carter uh, the tax rate the American people had 
had risen to, um, and, and the negative impact that and obsessive uh, regulations and other challenges had to, at the time. Uh, Jimmy Carter talked about a malaise America was in. Well, it was just the federal government just stifling economic growth and prosperity for the American people. Hunter Reagan came in. He had a clear plan. He took action. That at the time was the largest tax cut in the history of this country. Well, Donald Trump, even taking the Make America Great Again slogan, uh, let's make America great again, is still on some of those great posters we see at the Reagan Ranch Center. Uh, he didn't just take the slogan. He took the idea that if you give the American people individually, per family, and for employers, particularly small businesses, if you give them more of their own money back, they're going to do a better job of spending it in the government. They're going to actually truly stimulate the economy. And that's what we saw. President Donald Trump signed one of the largest tax cuts in American history. Uh, even though the media and the Democrats, sometimes indistinguishable, did an amazing job of distorting the facts, the facts are that the vast majority of hardworking taxpayers in our country benefited from the Trump tax cuts. The tax cuts lowered the marginal tax rates across the board. Uh, they doubled the standard deduction. And they double the size of the child tax credit. That that helps everyday citizens, particularly working families. You know, more than 82% of the hardworking middle-class families benefited from the tax cuts. Now, since passage of those tax grants, millions of workers have also, on top of that, received pay raises, bonuses, or increased retirement contributions from their employers. Because it wasn't just about the individual rates going down. It, you know, small businesses and other employers saw a benefit. Uh, many of them passed it right on to their employees. Plus, the tax reform created things like opportunity zones to help low-income and distressed areas across the country. I've seen the benefits in many areas right in my own state of Wisconsin. In contrast, Joe Biden wants to repeal the Trump tax cuts. He said over and over, last year and again this year, particularly this spring, he answered it during a town hall in South Carolina during the primary. He said it again. In fact, he's even said it in the debates. But he tries to he tries to have his cake and eat it too. He says he's going to repeal the Trump tax cuts, but that only he'll only tax people making more than four hundred thousand. You can't do that. If you repeal the Trump tax cuts, that means that most workers in America are going to see a tax increase, a tax increase under Biden's plan. <coughs> Raising taxes is not the answer. It's not the answer at any time, but particularly at a time when we're just coming out of kind of the, the economic plight we dealt with with this global pandemic. We're, we're on our way to recovery. The last thing was we need is a wet blanket to stifle that with higher taxes. I remember as governor, years ago when I first came in, we ruled that off. We said we're not going to raise taxes on employers and individuals and families and seniors at a time when we were coming off a recession. No, instead, from the time I was first in office working with Republicans in the legislature, we provided more than $13 billion in tax relief. Every year I was in office, we ended with a surplus. Every year, we were still able to make investments in our priorities. And by the time we left office, we'd had multiple years at the lowest unemployment rate with more people working in our state than ever before. Those are the similar sorts of numbers, not, not just the tax relief, the relief for, for employers, the encouragement to bring for international companies to bring business back from overseas to put more Americans back to work, uh, to cut the red tape and get rid of excessive over-the-top regulations, uh, to streamline so many other things the federal government had been a mess on before. This administration, forget about the tweets, forget about 
the comments. If you just look at the facts, this administration has been remarkable, particularly when it comes to giving the American people the tools to put more people back to work. <coughs> Joe Biden Joe Biden is proposing to raise taxes by nearly $4 trillion. That would be the largest tax increase in the history of this country. And get this, that tax increase would be four times as large as the increase proposed four years ago by then-candidate Hillary Clinton. Joe Biden's taxes, higher taxes on employers, would make it difficult for American businesses to compete with foreign countries, companies, I should say, in foreign countries. That would likely increase the move by many of those companies to send jobs overseas. Donald Trump, on the other hand, got rid of the individual mandate. That was a significant problem under Obamacare. And he wants to repeal the rest of this failing program and replace it with a system that leads to lower health care costs and better treatment and lower prescription drug costs. In contrast, Joe Biden wants to expand the failing Obamacare to include a public auction including a public option, this would open the door to our healthcare system being run by the federal government. Remember years ago when, when they were rolling out Obamacare and they, they couldn't even get the rollout of the website for Obamacare right? Do we really want these same people in the federal government making our healthcare decisions? Believe me, government-run healthcare will fail in America. This idea will end our private health care plans. For 180 million people will see the end to their private health care plans and end up moving us and our families into government run, a government-run system that's likely to be filled with fewer choices, higher costs, and longer waits for care. That's not the kind of America in which I want to live, and I don't think it is for you either. You know, when I, the bottom line is I look at it as simple as this. Washington, Washington, D.C. is full of politicians who say all the right things, but don't get it done when the American people need them to. They don't get it done. Donald Trump may not always talk or tweet the way we do in America's heartland, but let's be clear, he gets the job done. If we have to pick between a talker and a doer, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I will pick a doer every single time. Donald Trump is a doer. He helped get Americans back to work before, and he will do it again if given the chance for four more years. Thanks for listening today. Until next time, this is Scott Walker saying keep fighting for freedom.